Hello and welcome back or welcome to if it's your first time. Chishi Makes Sense. Thank you so much for stopping by. My name is Christelle. I am the creator of She Makes Sense, which is an initiative I've put together specifically for women. I really want to create some positive financial awareness and simple plain text. No jargon, no diploma, no certificate needed. This is an opportunity for women of all financial backgrounds to come together and feel inspired, feel safe, no judgment, and most importantly, some opportunity and making more positive financial choices. So thanks so much for stopping by. Let's go and see what we deep dive into today. In today's episode, I really want to touch base about how to identify what is your financial position. And many of my clients, when I say this to them, they say, well, what is a financial position, Christelle? And so this is going to be the first conversation you have with yourself as you commence your financial journey. So keep in mind, there's a couple of things that I'm going to briefly touch base on, but I would like to extend an invitation that if there is any parts to this podcast that you would like to know more about, to please reach out and to get those particular communication points out of the way nice and early, you can email me at she underscore makes underscore sense at outlook.com.au or you can head on over to Instagram at she underscore makes underscore sense and connect with me socially that way. So what is a financial position? Well, your financial position determines your income versus your outgoing expenses. And that's exactly what you do, ladies. You grab this amount of money is my income and this amount of money is my outgoing expenses. And the difference between when you do the calculation creates your platform. In your financial position, if you are right on par or you coming in underneath that's when some adjustments need to be made. If you are at the position where you have some surplus and you're one of the more positive that can turn around and say, you know what, I've got a little bit of money left over. What can I do with this? Well, we don't just want to go crazy. There are definitely some opportunities for investing or putting away or paying forward for, for future things such as holidays, etc., etc. And I dig more into that in how to create a money guide. And I will touch base on that in the next two episodes specifically. So once you understand your net position, and, and that essentially is your net worth, what you're going to do is you're going to categorize some expenses in two categories. You're going to have your priority expenses and your leisure expenses. Now, your priority expenses come first. These are expenses that are non-negotiables. They're expenses that have a specific amount and a frequency attached to them that you need to ensure are paid in order to live. That's going to be things such as your rent or your mortgage, your food, your utilities, medical expenses, transportation, those sort of things. They are non-negotiables. When you're moving into your leisure expenses, these are the expenses that really come along with emotional spending patterns. So it could be things that you spend money on because you like doing it. And you know what? So you should. But we need to be within our means. So I then encourage all of my clients to go grab their most recent bank statement. And this is the oh my gosh moment that my clients have when their financial reality kicks in. My platform is always going to be about raw content. Honesty, I'm always going to keep it straight. It's not going to be me giving any, I call it fairy dairy dances. That's not going to happen with me. If you are living in an emotional spending pattern cycle, I'm going to tell you. And 
most of the time I don't need to tell my clients because what we do is a visual guide. We're going to grab the bank statement. You're going to get two highlighters. One color is going to be for priority expenses and one is going to be for leisure expenses. The look on my client's face at the end of auditing their bank statement is always the oh my gosh moment because visually they're able to see the color ratio of where their money is going knowing that the priority expense should always be the number one, as we said, non-negotiable. But keeping in mind that the secondary color that you're highlighting for leisure is always your opportunity, ladies. It's not to outline a negative. That's an opportunity for you to create some structure and to create some financial boundaries. So don't see it as a negative, see it as an opportunity. When things don't seem to add up, Grabbing your bank statement and doing that self-audit is an amazing tool and I really encourage you to pay that forward and do that on at least a 90-day basis. Doing a financial wellness check is so important and I offer that um, in a session with my, with my clients and all my one-on-one coachings alongside creating their financial position. And a financial wellness check is that sense of reality, but it's also that opportunity, like we mentioned, to make some adjustments where we need to. And in saying that, I often get asked, can I change my financial position? You absolutely can, but it doesn't happen overnight. And that's why I recommend a 90-day cycle. Check in with yourself and do that financial wellness check every 90 days. Once you've done that, you'll be able to see where your patterns are and A lot of my clients, and I tell them to keep that bank statement because in the next 90 days, we're going to do the same process again and watch the color patterns change. And that's by you instilling some disciplinary measures. And if you're in the negative financial position, there are some immediate changes that need to happen. And that is when you have a look at that self audit and you go to that leisure spending and that's when you need to start pulling back. And that's where the rawness comes out. That's where the honesty comes out, where I'm gonna sit there and tell you, do we really need to buy a coffee every day? Because that's $25 a week on average that could be going here. Do we really need to buy our lunch three or four days a week when that is $40 that could be going here? Within two examples, we're already over $60 a week that could be going elsewhere. These are the disciplinary measures that you have to put in place. There's some other opportunities and I deep dive these when we talk about your money guide. And that is things such as just creating ideas. And I'll give you a free example. Where I pay to go to park at my place of employment is $18 a day. It is astronomical. It is in a city CBD and that is the average amount people pay per day. Now, I just couldn't fathom this because when I was looking at it, I was thinking to myself, how can I be paying more to park at my work every week than I'm actually paying in petrol to use my car? It does not add up to me. And that is where I seek an opportunity. So I actually called the place that manages the parking and I asked them, what is my opportunity? Because this is quite expensive, especially when I come to work five days a week. And they gave me two really good ideas. One was monthly parking that gained me exclusive 24 hour access. I could come and go as I please. I looked at that and it was a bit more of an expensive option, but it was giving me the flexibility that I had no time restrictions and I could come not five days a week, but seven days a week. 
The secondary opportunity they gave me was to enter and exit in certain time periods that they referred to as an early bird special. And if you enter and exit within those time periods, it's going to take 60% off the daily parking rate. That is the option I chose and it has saved me a considerable amount of money every single week. And I am now able to take that money and apply it to another expense or another opportunity that I can say, I need to put this money away for X reason. It could be a birthday coming. It could be something that my child may need. Whatever it is going to be, I'm going to put that money away. Now, some tips to improving your financial position. Number one is to give yourself a realistic timeline. Like I said, work on a 90-day cycle. It's not going to happen overnight. Discipline is key, ladies. Like I said, grab your pens, grab your highlighters, get that most recent bank statement and visually look and see where your money is going. What pattern are you creating? And if you see some recurring habits, that's where you need to instill some disciplinary action. When you have a money guide, and I deep dive that in, I believe I'm going to go through that in the next two podcasts about money mapping and money guides. That is something that is non-negotiable. When you create that, that money guide has to be followed. If you don't follow it, then you're lacking in that disciplinary section and you need to have a self-check-in, ladies. Self-check-in is always really good. There's no point, in, just like when we start a health journey and we go to the gym, you're not going to pay upwards of $70 a month if you're not even going to go to the gym. It's that reality check-in that we need to have with ourselves. We also want to have a look at our leisure spending patterns. Again, go back to your bank statements, have a look at the colors. If you have more leisure spending, there needs to be some limitations put in there. And maximize your income opportunities. And a lot of people, when I say that, will they'll say, Crystal, how can I do that? How I only have one job and I get this amount of money. And then I often say to them, do you have a bonus structure? Do you have overtime? And how much annual leave do you have available? Now, please just be mindful in Australia that each state and territory has its own legislation about annual leave. So please be mindful about that. But in New South Wales, I am familiar that we only need to have a benchmark of a certain amount of annual leave in our payroll system. And anything above that, you can re request to have it actually paid to you as a lump sum. So it might be worth just checking in with your payroll and seeing exactly what your company's, um, I guess, legislation and requirements are. But if you have quite a sum of annual leave, you just don't know if you'll be able to cash it in and get yourself a lump sum opportunity. If you work on a bonus structure where you can unexpectedly get a one-off bonus every month because you work on commission and salary, that's amazing. That is an opportunity that you have every 30 days to gain more income. Remember, when we're on a financial journey, we have to maximize where we can. And if you know what it takes to gain that bonus every month, make sure that you are using that as your motivation, ladies, to work harder. Do what you need to do in order to secure that bonus because that extra money coming in is only going to help you in your long-term financial journey. So to wrap it up today, we've had a look at how do we gain an understanding of our financial position? And when I've actually found my financial position, what do I do with it? And what is a reasonable timeline if I want to adjust my financial position? 
We've also had a look at some tips on improving our financial position. And ladies, now that you've completed step one of your financial journey, moving forward, we're going to have a look at some things in the next episode that's around creditor contacts. So I'm going to deep dive into your liabilities for personal debt, such as credit cards, personal loans, and automotive loans. So if you currently have one or more credit card or personal loan, or you have an automotive loan in your name at this time, I would love for you to check back in the next two weeks and come and catch up with me in the next episode. For now, thanks for stopping by. And as I always say, who is she? She's you. just before we finish up, I'd like to just give a gentle reminder that the content facilitated in all of my financial literacy platforms between here, Instagram, all the coaching that I do one-on-one or group facilitation is backed under my 15 years experience in the debt acquisition field. The 17 years experience within leadership, management and coaching have allowed me to put together a lot of these content guides to assist. In saying that, it's an assistance and awareness program only. If you're looking for specific advice within the financial field or some counselling services, I refer you kindly to the Debt Helpline in Australia by phoning 1-800-007-007. Again, content facilitated is not meant for advice, only for awareness purposes. Thanks, ladies. Thank you.